0: Hey guys, this is Jackson Keith
1: and this is Jacob Keith and we have a very special podcast in store for what we're about to do. Uh, A few weeks ago, it may have even just been two weeks ago, we talked about relying on God and sharing your stories and so we have a special guest here ready to share his story uh, with us. This is a guy named Brady Robnett. Uh, he was one of my K-Life students whenever I was leading a small group in Conway during college, and he has an absolutely amazing story of what God has done in his life and where he's seen God move and how God has been able to use that, and so he's going to share his story with us a little bit, but before that, Brady, introduce yourself a little bit.
2: Yeah, so uh, like you said, my name is Brady Rubnett. Uh, I'm a senior now at Conway High School. Uh and a little couple things I like to do for fun. Obviously, I'm a big PlayStation guy. Who isn't nowadays? <laughs> uh, recently, played the new Call of Duty. It's super That's fun. A, what games? Uh, uh, I like the Spider Man games. There we go. Uh, Spider Man, Call of Duty, uh, baseball games sometimes. Uh, and then I like disc golf. I got into that a couple years ago. Uh, and disc golf is. <laughs> Super fun. It's just a way to get away from baseball. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's just a fun it's just a fun little hobby I have. <laughs> uh, and then I play baseball for Conway High School, uh, and I've been playing that for uh, four four years now. I've been on the team for four years, and so uh, it's a super fun thing. I, I just I just love it. Uh, and then the way I know Jacob is. When I was in seventh grade, uh, I was part of K-Life, but wasn't really, uh, doing all of the quote unquote Christian things, I guess, because I would have baseball, uh, uh, practices on Tuesdays and that's when K-Life would be. And, um, basically Jacob kind of got together a few guys and that's how it all started, uh, with this, with a small group, uh. And then from there, uh, we grew together spiritually, uh, and we ended up adding a few guys as we went on, and it was really just a, an awesome thing. Uh, and that went on until about uh, ninth grade uh, when he moved to the, the Circe uh, K-Life, nice. <laughs> the Cersei. <Circe. laughs>
1: and so, Brady, I am going to kind of let you just kind of take the floor a little bit. Uh, what what is the story we're going to be hearing about? What What are you going to be talking about here?
2: Okay, so I'm going to talk about my experience uh, basically from December, end of December uh, 2020 to basically up to this point. Uh, because there was a lot that happened, uh, big changes in my life. Uh, and I guess we'll dive into that uh, whenever you're ready.
1: Sounds good. And so just just dive on in. Dive on in.
2: So uh, I was playing baseball, uh, and we were doing practices and everything. This was December 2020. Uh, I was taking Accutane, which is uh, a medicine that uh, just helps with, ac- like, really bad acne. And every month at the dermatologist, we had to do Uh, labs and and checkups and the second month I was on it happened to be in December and I was doing the labs and my mother who's a nurse practitioner noticed that the the blood count for my white blood cells was a little off and so we did it a couple more times and it got progressively worse uh, the white blood cell count and so we ended up going to the dermatologist and asking her hey like what's up with what with these counts is it because of the medicine or, or what what do you think and she just said don't worry about it it's nothing uh we don't need that like why did you even bring those blood counts we don't need them and so then we just went to arkansas children's hospital uh this was uh on may sorry december uh 24th yeah so christmas eve mm-hmm. uh we went to the hospital and, of course, it was COVID days back then. Everybody was crazy about COVID. Only my mom could go into the ER with me because uh, we had to know right then what was going on, you know. And even the ER takes forever. I will just point that out. I <laughs> think it wouldn't. But uh, we sat in there for about four hours, I think. Uh, my dad sat out in the car, and they ended up telling us, hey, here's the deal you either have AML or ALL, which AML is acute myeloid leukemia. Uh, and then ALL is, I, I don't know what the middle L is. I used to know it's acute uh, something leukemia. But basically the difference is acute myeloid leukemia is, is more aggressive in short term. And then the other one <laughs> is Uh, just long term, like one to two year affair, uh, or even more. And so I ended up being diagnosed with AML. And we were told, hey, go home, have a good Christmas and come back on Monday and we'll start treatment. And that was unheard of. uh, As far as that goes.
1: And so, so for anyone who may not know like what AML is or what leukemia is, what, what is, what is that?
2: Okay. So it's a, um, it's a primarily childhood, uh, cancer, uh, it can happen in adults, uh, but mostly childhood. That's what everybody knows as is, is a childhood cancer and it's a blood cancer. And so it's not something that you can just remove like a tumor. Uh, so it spreads you know relatively quickly depending on which which uh which one you have uh, and so that's that's what i had and it it they're called these blast cells that um that are made in your bone marrow and then they're really bad cells you don't you don't want them uh and i just had a, a really high count and uh that, that's that's really basically what, what uh, leukemia is. is just a, a blood cancer.
1: Yeah. And so I can imagine that's not exactly what you wanted out of your Christmas Eve for sure. Uh, no, it's not. And so you said you started treatments the following Monday. uh, And that yes, was,
2: which, which happened to be New Year's Eve.
1: Oh, that was New Year's Eve. There you go. Yeah. Uh, And that was chemo is what you were Starting at it that- was chemo.
2: I remember the name of it. I don't remember any other name, but I remember the the chemo's name that I that I got. It was called Purple Rain, <laughs> and it was it was it was literally just a purple liquid. It was an exciting yet scary feeling at the same time, because it felt like I was like getting injected with like Hulk serum or something, and then I just came back to the reality that I'm sitting in a hospital. This is not Hulk serum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. and that's so that's how long
1: were you in the hospital getting chemo? Uh, and then in the midst of that, like, how did that end up testing your faith? And how did you handle some of the doubts or difficulties that you may have encountered with the
2: chemo specifically? Yeah. So, you know, you trust the, you trust the chemo. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not a hundred percent effective, and so that was something that, you know, I had to take into account. Uh, good thing is we we found it super early, uh, the the cancer super early. I mean, heck, we we got to go back home and spend Christmas, and they never had to do that before. They never sent somebody home back home, so that was a miracle in itself. Uh, but I think what happened was in my mind i knew i was losing control and that was really hard for me because everything was going you know pretty well i was i was strong i was i was ready to go to, to war on the baseball field you know i was in the best shape i've been in my life and i was just seeing it all just get tossed down the drain and that was just it was i felt like so little in, in just such a, a big world and and big circumstances that i was being uh, put in And that, that really shifted everything, you know, when you can't turn to anything on earth, all there is, is God at that point. And so that's, that's really what, what happened. I think everything shifted as soon as I got to the hospital that following Monday, because at that point, there's nothing in my control, you know, the doctors have part in it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all up to God. And, and I, I really, I struggled with that. But, you know, it was almost, I don't want to say easy, but it was almost better to let go mm. and just give it to him than it was to try and worry about it myself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that was kind of my mindset on that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I can attribute to having like had phone calls with Brady in the midst of him being in the hospital. Like he, he handled it like a champ. Uh, Couldn't, couldn't imagine what that had to have been like. And so while you were receiving chemo, while you were in the hospital, there was something that you just, that the doctors discovered about some of your genes.
2: What, what was that
1: and how did that make that process difficult?
2: So, uh, One Friday at four o'clock, you know everybody's ready to go home. I mean, we were in the hospital, but you know that's usually when you're ready to, you know, go to sleep or or get ready for bed or just it's Friday. I mean, you're trying to have a good you have to have a good day on Friday. Yeah. The doctor walks in, is like, there's not there's some not good not very good news about about your little situation here. So basically, I don't know what exactly it was called, but it was. Uh, it was a fusion that I had and it was the only reason we found out about this fusion was because we were in a study uh, the first study done at Arkansas Children's that would do extra testing to see if I needed a transplant and it turned out that I did need a transplant because I had a fusion and basically uh, that meant that I would do normal three rounds of chemo, and usually people do five if they don't need a transplant. I would do three rounds of chemo, then go do a transplant, and that would be in May. And uh, we had two places to choose, and that was Houston or Nashville. And just logistically, uh, we chose Nashville. So that's what all that meant uh, when they told us about the genetic fusion that i needed a, a bone marrow transplant so what did the uh
0: looking for that donor what did that process kind of look like
2: okay so um there's this organization called be the match uh it's you can go to uh, be the it's it's a great organization uh basically uh, when somebody does a cheek swab for it they get into a registry and it's worldwide and so they test out my genes and they look at every single detail that they could possibly look at and they try to match it to people in the registry, whether they're in here, they're here in Germany in Asia, it does not matter where they are. They try to find the perfect match, uh, to my genes. Uh, and it has like the best is 10 out of 10. That's what you want to have. It's a 10 out of 10 match. Uh, to be able to get a uh, a bone marrow transplant from one of those donors that matches you so well. And that that's basically what Be the Match is. It's just a bone marrow yeah. transplant registry. And it was really, it was tr- another miracle uh, that happened with all of that because, you know, if you have two or three 10 out of 10 matches, that's like, that's really good, you know, because then. You got a little bit to pick from. Uh, I ended up having 47, 10 out of 10 matches, uh, which was unheard of. (laughs) And so the doctors were able to be extremely, extremely picky with how they chose my bone marrow donor. And so you
1: found a donor, you went to Nashville uh, to have the transplant. What was something special about your transplant that made it seem like okay, yeah, God is definitely having a hand in this?
2: So, uh, our my transplant was rescheduled twice. Keep that in mind. Uh, But it just happened. I was seventeen at the sorry sixteen at the time. I was sixteen. This was May twenty twenty one. It happened to fall. After two reschedules, onto my birthday, my seventeenth birthday, uh, which is just incredible. It's it's just a lot of dates are easy to remember in this whole journey.
1: <laughs> what 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 is special about it being on your birthday? Why why is that a big
2: deal? Well, you know, people call uh, transplants, you know, your new, your your second birth or your new birthday, uh, and. And so, like, when I turn 19 next year, I'm really going to be turning two, you know, <laughs> in terms of, like, bone marrow. Uh, but that's why that was so special. And my my family came to see me, uh, which was really nice. I mean, they would have come to see me regardless, but just kind of getting all those gifts. It was such a big day. Uh, it really helped with everything.
1: Yeah, I remember watching... I remember watching the live stream of the transplant kind of starting uh, because most people hear transplant and they think it's going to be like a big surgery type thing. Yeah, Uh,
2: it's worse. It's worse for the donor. Yeah, Uh, because they get like pricked and stuff.
1: And so like it was it was a really special moment watching uh, Brady start to receive the new bone marrow. Uh, I think you said something along the lines of like my entire life is in that bag. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Like what yeah, are, I did
2: say that I did say that
1: uh, there there's a lot of quotes over the course of Brady's battle that just will always stick with me, and that's one of them. Uh, and so, what were some of the difficulties that you experienced during your time, whether it was while you were receiving chemo or while you were recovering from the bone marrow transplant talk talk about some of the difficulties that you that you kind of went through,
2: well you know, obviously, uh, chemo will mess you up, like, physically. And I thought, you know, I see all these cancer commercials before all this, right? And you think cancer's the thing that makes you sick. And some cancers, that is the case. But, and, and definitely, I think, I think all cancers, that's the case. But with chemo, it kind of like the chemo itself makes you feel sick and and when i got that first round of chemo i it it was the worst thing i'd ever experienced in my life i was that i threw up so much i i had rashes it was It things were just. It was just so. It was so painful, and in the second round wasn't as bad, but the third round was also bad, and uh, just the symptoms that I had with chemo that was incredibly difficult, and in Nashville I had to have radiation, and I had four. There was four days, and then one day of chemo, four days of radiation with two two sets of radiation each day, morning and afternoon. So four days of that, one day of chemo, one rest day before my transplant. The chemo wasn't that bad. The radiation the first day was all right. And then the last three days were extremely terrible. You I mean you wouldn't think radiation would be that bad, right? I mean what, I mean, what does that, what does it even do, right? Well, it wipes out every, every blood cell that you have in your body. I'm pretty sure that's what it does because then it, then your body can't create new bad blood cells. Right. So just, to, I would say, imagine that, but you can't, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember distinctly standing cause I had to stand the whole time. It was 10 minutes facing the front. And 10 minutes turned around so it could shoot my back uh, with the radiation. And I remember distinctly I, I was feeling so sick that I I was standing there and I, I heard the machine running and I I could almost feel the radiation coming into me. I I was just it was it was so terrible. Uh and it, it was just a terrible experience. But I mean, I'm kind of getting on a rant now, but I can talk about that for days. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will I will say uh, another difficult thing as I got better was. uh, Seeing that I was getting better and getting more control of my life, almost it was like, OK, God, thank you. And I'm going to try and and kind of do my own thing, you know. So all uh, that, and that, and that, and that okay. was one of the struggles I had. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I was kind of what you were saying there is that kind of post, uh, I guess post transplant, right? Uh, how, uh, how long yeah.
2: has that been since then? Man, that's a good question. Yeah. About, <laughs> about
0: a year I would and half. About about a year? Year plus?
2: Uh, About a year and a half. Yeah. I would say a year and a half. So what's,
0: What's a little of the stuff that's kind of happened since then? Any highlights? Any situations? Anyways, God's moved anything like that since since a uh, transplant?
2: Yeah, so I've done some interviews, uh, and it's it's really cool to to get on a platform like a news platform or a radio or whatever it is, and and talk about your situation when you know there's tons of other people that are listening whether they don't know anybody with cancer but it raises awareness or they do know somebody with cancer or they have cancer whatever it might be it it I think it's just a a really good way to to show them what I went through and and I'll talk about you know how God brought me through it and you know to to have have faith Um, and that's that's really what I've been doing with with my story as far as that goes uh, just using my platform to to get on uh radio or news or whatever it is uh, so I think I hope that I've impacted a lot of people through doing those interviews
1: and you were talking about like God kind of stepping in and helping you what what are some of the things that you've been able to achieve after uh, the transplant that typically like may not have happened at the speed you were able to do it and are just like absolute miracles that you were able to step into that.
2: Absolutely. So as soon as I got home from transplant, I started working out three days a week for 30 minutes and progressively as time went on, I would go to 45 minutes, then an hour, and then I would stay in an hour, keep working out, uh, start doing baseball work, start hitting, start throwing. And eventually, I went to my first baseball practice, um, December 2021. I think it was, I think, late November, early December. and. uh That the next March, March 2022, my first game back, uh, I, my first at bat, I hit a, uh, I hit a double, a stand up double. Uh, and in the span of what is that, like, like five, six months? Yeah. Um, I was able to get back into, not completely uh where i used to be but at least feel normal again like quote unquote normal you know uh and kind of back into the swing of things and so i think like you were saying how god yeah how how god you know gave me that motivation to uh to get back into things and uh, gave me the strength to do so because i'm not gonna lie working out was a pain in the butt it was bad Uh, my body was not even close to conditioned as you would imagine Uh, but yeah like I said I I think you know now I look back on it I think uh, that was you know his plan was to bring me back out there and shine even brighter than I would have without going through all of that if that makes sense
1: absolutely and so Of all of the baseball things that happened, if you were to rank all of your plays, he's laughing because he knows where I'm going with this. Uh, If you were to rank all of your plays, which one would rank at the top?
2: (laughs) I think, let me think. Give him the wrong answer. I think the one, (laughs) (laughs) I think what would rank at the top would be, uh, I guess this would have been April uh, is when this happened. but I ended up hitting my first home run since being back and really ever that I'll, that I'll actually count. Uh, so that was a really special moment because you, you just know, you don't expect that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I expected to be back on the field, right. Working hard and, you know, I expect to, to do the basic things, but that was just something different, you know, uh, storybook stuff. But, uh, I'd say that. And we ended up winning, uh, the state championship. Hey, did. <laughs> uh, that year. And so it was like, I, I was getting emotional after we, after we won, I was sitting on the bench and I was like tearing up. I was trying not to let it out too much, but I was tearing up cause I was just sitting there thinking like, like, thank you, God. Like I've been through so much. This past year, like thank you for bringing me to this point, mm. and it was just, it was such a, my heart just felt clear. That was the first time it's felt just complete, and in, in that in that whole time span of a of a year, a year and a half maybe, and it was just like, I just felt calm and just, just thankful. You know, finally, it, it almost like felt complete, you know, like finally free of everything. I felt like normal, like a, I'm a state champion now because <laughs> uh, that was my goal was to get back into baseball and that tied into my whole story was baseball. And so coming from the point that I was at to winning a state championship, I'm not going to say I was a star player on varsity. I didn't, I didn't touch varsity until I played this really bad team. But being on the team and being part of that brotherhood, again, not missing out on anything. That was that was special to me.
1: Absolutely.
2: So then you got to
0: meet your donor. Tell us about that situation there.
2: Okay. So uh, me and my cousin, actually, I'll start here. It's my sister's birthday. Uh, and, you know, my whole family comes over. Uh, to celebrate and so that's what i think is happening uh and don't worry my sister like she she allowed this to happen (laughs) to to have the spotlight on me uh so i go out to get pizza with my cousin and we for dinner and we bring the pizza back and he's like here let me carry the boxes i'm like okay that's kind of out of place for you to ask that because he would never ask (laughs) he would never offer that (laughs) if it wasn't for this (laughs) uh it was so I wouldn't have anything in my hands. And so I opened the front door and everybody's sitting in the, the main living room around the couch. They're, fill, they're filled up the couches. And I'm like, okay, this is sketchy. And because nobody ever sits in there and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so I count, I like mentally count all the people that are in my family. And I'm like, okay, who is this person? And their back is turned to me. And I'm like, all right, I don't know who that is and he like looks over uh the chair that he's sitting in and he goes hey what's up i'm like what how, how did you like
1: how did you recognize
2: him how do you know well i had seen pictures of him okay uh and we had called him before uh and so i know what he sounded like and what he looked like but i had to do like a quadruple take uh I was like frozen <laughs> and I was like uh what what the heck and then we just like we just embrace each other and I, I was I was like thank you so much like what do you say you can't I mean I, I wanted to say thank you and I did but there's not anything sufficient uh, uh for thanks of like what he did for me you know yeah so that was it was like what do you even say Mm. i i was i was kind of i was like how do i even start this conversation like this is the guy you know this is my this is the dude that saved my life like what's 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 going on and so i was just kind of in shock and we spent time with him for a week we went um to stuttgart arkansas and surprised him with a, a custom uh, like engraved gun. And on the side of it, it said, for the life you've given me. Uh, and then has uh, the trans, uh, not the transplant date, right? Maybe I think it is the transplant date. I think it is. Yeah. It is a transplant date on the side of it. And he was in tears uh, when we gave him that gun. Cause he's a huge hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he said, he's putting that gun to, Good use. He told me he said he said it's I'm I'm having trouble missing missing my shots right now.
0: Wish I could say the same.
1: (laughs) Me too. Not to throw a gospel comparison there. I was
0: about to go there. I was getting ready
1: for it. Like you you're talking about like what do you say to this guy that saved my life? Like without him, Mm -hmm. I don't have life. And I can't even imagine what that's going to be like in heaven someday when we get to do that with Jesus himself. Because it already stressed me out too much with Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, Brady, talk a little bit, like, to bring the gospel into this a little bit. Uh, talk about some of the ways you got to see God impact those around you. Maybe how he impacted you in the midst of it, like how your yeah. perspective on things changed.
2: Yeah. So, uh. I think the biggest impact that I have seen because uh, I'm sure there have been impacts here and there that I haven't seen with, you know, interviews and, and radio talks and just all those things, because those things I'll never know about, but I hope that they reach out to people. But I will say one, I, I will, I will say it is my my favorite thing that happened that I've seen is uh, this man, he's he's one of my father's friends. He's uh, 52. He was 50 at the time. And quoting him, he said for 50 years, he'd been living a fake life. Uh, like he went to church when he was younger. He did all the things uh, uh, that you're, quote unquote, supposed to do as a Christian to to be a Christian, you know. Good works, and um he saw what I was going through, and that and the faith that I kept through the whole thing, and he ended up uh getting saved at fifty years old mm. because of me and that that just kind of was like like what <laughs> like I, I just I just never seen anything like that before. I I didn't judge him. I'm it was, it wasn't a judging. Like I I was, I was just like thankful that something, something happened, you know, because of what I went through, uh, because it it just makes you feel good. Like all, all that pain and suffering just, it, it, it produced these, these fruits that, that, you can just be like man i'm I'm just so happy that happened and i didn't even try to make it happen mm. you know that's good and, and everybody here is you know god plants the seed and i was you know i was just a farmer let's say i was a farmer <laughs> i just planted I, I just i just planted the seed and god 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 did the rest you know mm. uh that's good god grew on him and so that, that's just something super cool. And he, he's just a great guy and he was a great guy before, but you can just tell he's so passionate about Christ. And it's just, it's, it, it's really cool to see that. Um, and I think with me and my personal life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's for the longest time after, you know, transplant and everything, you know. I try not to take, take things for granted and I still work on that. Uh, but you know, we're humans. We always fall back to how we always used to be. And so, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I'll be like, I'll, I'll take some things for granted. That's just how we are. I never thought I'd get back to that point, but I'm not going to lie to you and say that hasn't happened. Uh, and so some things have gone back to normal like that. Uh, But some things, uh, like I'm more outgoing, I think, uh, than just sociable. uh, Because I definitely was not like this before. I I couldn't imagine doing interviews. uh, But I know I have a platform. And (laughs) even in the times that I haven't wanted to do things, I've I've declined a couple offers to do things because it was like, live public speaking because I'm not a fan of that, but most of people, what people have asked me to do, I, I I usually do because I know I have a platform and I do what I can to use it. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I get tired of it, you know, cause like, why are we beating a dead horse? And, um, I, I just have to go back to the, the thought that I'm doing this for others. This isn't, this isn't for I don't get paid for this. I'm not getting anything out of this except for the the thought that like, I'm doing something good and I'm doing something good with something that is incredibly evil. Mm. And that, that makes me feel good when I, when I think about it.
1: Yeah. And that's honestly a perfect segue to what I was about to ask you next, uh, because you were like that even before, uh, you were diagnosed with leukemia for, we mentioned it at the beginning, but me and Brady have known each other for about six years now because he was in my small group. And he is always been the kind of guy that he's looking out for other people. He wants to be able to help others, wants to be able to be someone that they can depend on. And when he was in the hospital during his first round of chemo, uh, I had a phone call with him and there was something he said that just, I will remember for the rest of my life. Like it was just so powerful. Uh, he He's in his hospital bed. He is just dying from the chemo and the radiation. Uh, and I don't mean that metaphorically, like literally he on the brink of death. Uh, and during the phone call, I was just asking him like how he's doing and what, what he wants out of it. And you said this line, Brady, that was just... Amazing, he said, No matter what happens from this, whether it's the best case scenario or the worst case scenario, and I die, I want at least one person's life to be impacted by what I'm going through. And it's just like, What 16 year old, because he was 16 at the time, what 16 year old, while they're in the hospital fighting for their own lives, is more concerned about other people and what they're going through? And so. Mm Brady, what I want to hear you talk a little bit about is how you were able to have that kind of a perspective in the midst of a battle literally for your life.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that was, I, I think it was just because, you know, I had nothing to lose, but everything to, everything to gain. And, I think a lot of it was also because I was I I didn't want I think I was just trying to be strong for others. I wanted others to see uh that you can you can make it through this, you know, with faith and be strong through it. And I I I my whole thing was kind of being uh strong and focused on others, not on myself. That that was a lot of it. Um when I should have been you know, more focused on myself yeah. <laughs> as far as physically speaking. Uh, but I, I think it was just cause I didn't have any control and I was like, here's like, I, I kind of got in touch with my situation and was like, you know, I could die. Like that, that is a possibility, a real possibility. I, I could actually die from this disease. And I don't want it to be for nothing. I want I want somebody to get something out of this. I I want I want them to see what I'm going through. I want them to to be inspired. Whatever happens, like 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 the quote says. I mean, best case scenario or worst case scenario. And I really I was just really hoping that I mean, of course I was. I wanted best case scenario, but I was thinking of what I wanted if the worst case scenario ended up happening. And so that was kind of my mindset there was like I I, I wanted others to live a better life, even off even if I couldn't live one, basically. Hmm. I, I wanted something to happen. If if I could if if I ended up, you know, passing away. Yeah. It is kind of complex though. I haven't felt that way in my entire life, you know, cause you don't, I feel like the only way you can like really feel like that is when you're so vulnerable. Mm. I'm not saying I, I don't still care for people, but it's like, I, it was just a, a very, very strong mindset.
1: Yeah kind of became real in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, I'm not gonna say we have a lot of listeners on our podcast, but we have a wide array of listeners who are all in different stages of life, different kind of circumstances of life. Uh, And there could be stories where they are currently going through something that is just really tough and really burdensome. And they may currently feel like they have no hope in what they're going through. And so what, what advice would you give to someone who's currently going through something where they just feel like there is no hope?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest and say that, you know, we're humans. I'm still working on my relationship with God just because I went through something so traumatic doesn't mean my relationship is perfect with him. I still go through rough patches, just like every relationship. Um, but when you are in those rough patches uh, as far as like your circumstances uh, I would say try as hard as you can. I know it's hard. It's really, really difficult, but try and remember that control is not in your hands. It might feel like it is, but at the end of the day, you can't control a lot of, of what happens in your life. Uh, uh, what you can control is how you respond to it and uh, your attitude during it. And, you know, like it goes back to God, whether you give it to him or not. Uh, and just, just have faith, whatever it is. That That's what I had when I was in the hospital. Uh, it's simple yet extremely complex uh it's it's a lot easier to say than to do uh and that's something that you kind of have to figure out as you're going through it unfortunately uh but i think i think having faith and giving up control because if you're trying if you're trying to to have a a a double sided control where he gets half and you get half that's not how it works Mm. uh and we Y'all know control all of it, so you gotta give it all to him. This isn't—it's not tug of war. You're not trying to, to to win the battle of control. You're you're trying to get over what what's happening in your life, and there's nobody better than that can do that than than God. And so, the biggest thing I think would be control. Uh, give it to him, and that that will help you with your faith uh, because that builds trust. Uh, And so that's what I would say about that.
0: So listening to this, I have uh, two kind of questions. First question is like from like this whole, all these circumstances, uh, was there a song, a Bible story, uh, a situation, a sermon? Like, was there one specific thing that you kind of remember really being super helpful to you? uh, whether helping your spirit, whether whatever it might've been, just, was there one specific aspect that might've helped out a lot?
2: Well, there is a verse, uh, and that's something that I used uh, throughout the whole thing. That was like kind of my like tagline. Like if you saw that you knew it was come from Brady's battle. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11. And it, it extremely, uh, helped me as well as like devotionals that I would read uh, as far as that went. Uh, and uh, I don't think it would be a certain story, but that verse was pretty huge. It, I mean, like you saw, it was on the back of Jacob's t-shirt. right now. So <laughs> uh, that was, that was the biggest thing. I would see that everywhere and just remembering that uh, would help me yeah
0: so then my second question uh would be so like we talked about early early on in the whole situation Jacob led uh a small group of you and however other many guys or whatever and how many years was how many like how long did you guys do that before uh you got diagnosed does anybody know about how long two years one year uh, he got diagnosed was,
1: after yep.
0: I okay after so, so like, then you already yeah, had yeah. three years yeah. So there was yeah. three years of be. small group Good. and discipleship going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and y'all stayed pretty, pretty in touch after the fact too. What, what impact do you think uh, not only Jacob, also the small group, just that whole kind of situation of discipleship, how much impact do you think that had on uh, you and your situation, your demeanor, your ability to stick to God, those kind of situations?
2: Yeah. So I, I, fully believe that without Jacob and I don't, I don't mention the other smoker pleaders that I have now, because that was my first year being with them. And I, I wasn't a part of it really. Uh, I I didn't have a super strong connection with them, but I will say, um, those three years with Jacob, uh, no doubt helped my character, uh, in my relationship with God. And it, it 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 strengthened my faith to the point where I was saying things like uh like I'm giving all of my control to you, like I'm vulnerable. You're you're I'm whatever your will is, I'm okay with it. That's that's the that's the point that I got. The most extreme that you can get with giving up control. And I was I was okay with whatever happened you know because i knew you know i was going to be happy either way uh and so i think those three years shaped me and built me and prepared me for the situation that i was going to be given uh in 10th grade uh i really think i was molded uh Jacob helped mold me into uh, a strong Christian by the time uh, I was in the hospital. And I think without that, it would have been a lot harder. Like I I, I was still a Christian, but I think there wouldn't have been as much faith. I wouldn't have known what to do uh, like with, you know, God, like how I would how go about the whole situation, I'd still be a Christian, but I wouldn't have as much faith and I wouldn't have tried to give up as much control as I did. And it's just the, that impact. Uh, now that I look back on it. I think it actually, it, it like I said, it molded me into uh, a stronger person and Christian uh, for, for the cancer that was eventually to come uh, in 10th grade.
0: So I, what I think so interesting uh, is these other podcasts that we've done where we've talked about relying on God and telling your story from discipleship, from the wounds and the scars. I think this is a great embodiment of, like, this whole situation uh, to where, I mean, the whole reason you guys know each other is due to a discipleship relationship. Uh, the whole reason, like you were talking about, like it really helped you in that situation. Uh, We're not talking about discipleship because it's a fun new church, trendy word, uh, but because it's literally, it's a thing that impacts lives. We're not telling you to tell your story because it's a fun thing to check off on your box. It's literally changing people's lives. Uh, And that's the thing that observing this whole conversation has been so cool to me is just to see the the sense that discipleship is played in it, the sense that telling your story, like uh, we talked about with the Demoniac Man uh, a couple podcasts ago, like all these different things. This is like a perfect embodiment of all of that. And that's why we are constantly wanting to share these things. It's not because it's a cool little thing to name a podcast or anything like that, but it it all embodies to the same thing where uh, I really wish the church would be more directed toward that in the sense that, you know, this isn't something where Jacob just sent Brady a good old praying for you text. Nothing wrong with a good praying for you text. I'm sure Jacob probably sent Brady a few of those, but it's that idea of there's a relationship there. Uh, and, and sure, me, me and Brady might not have as close of a relationship as Jacob and him do just because of the time that they spent together, but it's still we're here on the same mission. And I really wish the church would be more focused on that because that's really when i'm sitting here I'm, I'm observing this conversation i'm really observing the discipleship the telling of the story just it's it's crazy how this almost like wraps up the, the last couple podcasts
1: <laughs> it really does uh and so brady i i know that you've been really really vulnerable during this podcast and so i appreciate that a lot and so yeah. what what do you got coming up next? What what's this next year kind of got for you?
2: Well, uh, obviously, May of next year, I'm graduating high school, which is just crazy to me. I don't think I'm ready for it, but I don't think anybody ever thinks they are. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going to college. It's either going to be in Arkansas or Oklahoma State. I hadn't even applied there, but I need to. I'm procrastinating, (laughs) Uh, but I've applied to everywhere I I would want to go in Arkansas uh, and got accepted all that, all that good stuff. And so the baseball season, we're looking pretty good uh, as far as that goes. And that'll be fun. Hopefully I can make varsity. uh, That would be pretty cool. Um, It's going to take a lot of work, but if I put my mind to it, really put my mind and heart to it, then I'll be able to do it. Um, and then tomorrow, sorry, Friday, actually, yeah, tomorrow I have a pre-interview uh, with a, a tiny little uh, news company, uh, and then Friday will be the actual interview uh, that will air on the 18th of November, so tune in if you're listening to this podcast on the 18th. We gave you uh,
0: three listeners to their
1: you you said tiny little thing are you able to talk about specifically which one are you not able to talk about that yet
2: oh no i am i'm just saving it i'm because you know it makes him curious about what it is building it up yeah it keeps him listening uh (laughs) so that that tiny little uh news organization is actually good morning america and that interview will take place uh friday uh, November 11th, so this Friday. So and what so are you that's, that's more the nervous thing about, that or this? Probably this, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I've done enough interviews. I mean, maybe when, when it comes, like I don't feel nervous about it right now, but maybe when the day comes and they show up with all their fancy cameras and stuff, <laughs> it's really just going to be a Zoom call between, because my donor's coming down here for some reason, because it's going to be me and him, in a screen with a zoom call of the reporter Hmm. and i'm like why wouldn't you just come down here because the camera and light people are coming yeah i i could i could i could go on about that that's just not smart but uh anyway uh uh maybe i'll be nervous when it when it comes time for that but i've done enough interviews and talks and stuff that i'm just i know the questions that are coming and i'm going to talk about god and whether they edit it out or not is their decision. And so if they if if they don't edit it out, I think that would be honestly pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh because you know they're they're a little bit, you know, democratic on, on I don't know how they feel about God topics. Uh, but if they were to leave it in, that would that would be special. Um it's not on their first hour, like it's not when you write. Wake up. It's on their second hour. I don't know when that is. Uh, but, yeah, it, second hour, November 18th. Watch it, please. It's, it's going to be good.
1: And so I'm just going to throw this out there to brag about ourselves a little bit. You heard it here first, folks. We got <laughs> Brady before Good Morning America did. Just throwing that out there. It did.
2: It did. <laughs> and, yeah. This podcast – Will probably be sold for like twenty bucks in a <laughs> few years. Because right, y'all got me, y'all got me pre famous. Yes, Brady. Yes.
1: Uh, so Jackson, you got anything else you wanna throw out there?
0: Yeah, I want to read that verse that he's talking about, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, God declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not cal- for calamity, to give you a hope. In the future, I think it's so important that we all remember uh, whether you have went through leukemia, whether you have just sat in the church pews, whether you grew up in the gang. So I don't care what your situation is. That's the same situation for you, that we all have that same hope in the future that's been declared for us. um, Mm -hmm. That if we will just have the faith like Brady's been talking about, trust in him, uh, not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, uh, then these same situations can happen on our behalf. Uh, where it's not necessarily your idea of the best situation will come out of it, but, but God's idea of the best situation and uh, just trust in him. That is really it because that's what every bit of this, I mean, every bit of Christianity is about is trusting him, having faith by grace, through faith, we have been saved. So have faith.
1: Absolutely. uh and so that is all that we've got for this episode. I want to say a huge thank you to Brady for joining us for this and for sharing his story. Uh, and so, yeah, if you've if you've been encouraged by anything you heard here, please let us know so that we can pass that on to Brady because he he doesn't get to hear all the things from all like the radio interviews. But if we can send him anything, that'd be I'm sure that'd be good for him. Sure.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: And so. Yeah, send send anything that y'all got out of this our way, we'll we'll shoot that to him. And then other than that, we will see y'all next time.